Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Edge Backstage Pass, the weekly podcast from the Tuesday night show at the London comedy store, The Edge. This week, along with the rest of the nation, we decided to try a virtual meeting. I rounded up Rob Deering, Alistair Barry, Jojo Sutherland and Jared Christmas. We jumped on a popular conferencing website and from our homes up and down the country, we created the virtual dressing room back at the comedy store. I think the phrase that would best describe the mood of the group is cabin fever. Have a listen. Yeah. Why do we get the feeling right, you guys so then, have got nowhere else to be? Yeah, yeah. We're all desperately going. <laughs> we, mate, we haven't had a dressing room. We haven't had a dressing room for over yeah, a week now. We're all going, this can is as I, good as it gets. Can I get a, hi, I'm Alistair Barry from each of you? Obviously with your own name. Hi, Just... I'm Alistair Barry. <laughs> hi, I'm Alistair Barry. <laughs> hi, I'm Alistair Barry. <laughs> I, I, I regret saying that I am way. not Jojo Sutherland. <laughs> Could I I'll, just I need a for voice Fuck recognition? You, Barry. People keep saying it's much easier to listen to it if you know who everybody is. So let's do it real yeah, life. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Alistair Barry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jojo Sutherland. Oh, I thought it was gonna be Hi, I'm Rob Deering. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Rob Deering. Hi, this sexy voice belongs to Jared Christmas. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. So we were going to talk about um, comedy that wasn't coronavirus comedy. I love Nostalgia it. Nostalgia for comedy that was before this all-encompassing story. Um, well, what? we were going to say it's big stories that kept on coming back in the edge that you had to have stuff for. That was a The last few years have been Harimbe. And Cedric with the two big animal death stories. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. people really yeah, feel that true. animal thing, don't they? And also yeah, yeah. the other one, that, when you said it just then, the one that came back to me is the uh, Malaysian plane crashes. They always came back. Oh, the plane crashes oh, always came back. Fair, to fair to the audience, there were about three separate Malaysian Airlines planes. Yeah, yeah, so it kept coming back in a genuine news <laughs> yeah, cycle. They kept right? on being reminded of it. And was, um, the was, weather, beast from the east, always came up. Didn't it? Even like a year after it had happened. You were saying as well, Alistair, about Madeleine McCann always comes up, which seems like quite a dark place to go. Yeah, but they love dark yeah. shit, don't they? Yeah. That's why I've got a real fondness for things like 9-11 and the volcanic air. What I really hope happens with this, if it turns into a proper podcast, is that it goes viral with the why I have a real fondness for 9-11, <laughs> Jojo Sutherland. <laughs> and we're just going to pull that one bit out. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's always the, the part of the show, um, you know, where just before the interval, getting with the audience, uh, we get news stories, and then the audience votes on a news story for one person to get. And I remember Sean Mio getting um, that guy from The Fast and the Furious who died. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah, he crashed his car and his car got set on fire. And then Sean went out and did like five minutes of jokes on this guy who died the night before. But he played it so beautifully because he said, you guys have asked for this. And he did three or four really good jokes and then went, I think that's enough. And the place went mental for it. Yeah. It was great. Well, last month I got asked, I got uh, Caroline Flack, didn't I? Oh, did you? Yeah, I remember. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tough one. Right, and that was your first show? That was my first show. Yeah, my first and it show. was Welcome brand new. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Welcome. But I mean, that was, I mean, we got, I remember, just to get you off. 
Well, we got Grenfell, didn't we? Straight after Grenfell. Mm. Grenfell is a tr- yeah. is a really difficult one. Um, it's not funny, is it? No, well, no, no. But then, well, you know, then is nine eleven funny? Is Diana funny? There's no, it, there's, there's humour to be found on every angle. Yeah. We know that. But, yeah, yeah. But Grenfell, but it's one of the Madeline McCann's another one. But they they kind of you just get the sort of person who shouts it out. You wonder about them more than the subject. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, and it, it's also they want to see us in a really tricky position. Yeah, you know the course, yeah. the joy and of that. The thing you can, I think you can make anything funny if you turn it on yourself or you make yourself the butt of the joke. I mean, I remember the Madeleine McCann era and always sort of I did a joke. I can't remember the the bones of it, but ultimately saying you know I was going to take my kids to Portugal. Do you know what I mean? In in a mm. way of getting rid of them. Yeah. Um, but I got um I got asked to leave a Virgin Trains because I was on the train with my cousin. Um, and we were in uh, first class. They used to have little fridges with the bottles of yeah, water yeah. you could help yourself to. And uh, my cousin said, oh, what's in that little cupboard? And I whispered, Madeline McCann. <laughs> and a, another lady on the train overheard and reported me for abusive behaviour. And at, the, at Milton Keynes, I got asked to uh, get off the train. You did Seriously? not? Really? Yeah. Totally, to leave. Yeah. Did yeah, you tell them just, what you did for a living? Yeah, I did. And, you know, I explained what had happened. But, it, you know, she had she was upset and I quite clearly wasn't. So I was in the wrong. I was uh, on a train with you once where you stole a Christmas tree. So I think you are trouble on trains. <laughs> did I? He generally is, yeah. though. Jared, Jared always comes up with little things where he suddenly just, you know... Like causing a race riot in Fulham, or something weird happened. <laughs> something weird happened. Yeah, that's true. Club. Yeah, we don't. We like, don't need some to go. Bloke with cancer. But it's funny. Jared's just going there, back to the Madeline McCann thing and the news thing. It's like people—they think they want to be mean, but really they want the human touch. You know, I mean, there's such yeah. a good story there, and people are into that. And it just made me think that it just went for ages and ages, and there was a kind of warmth to it at the end in a twisted way. And the other one that that you could still joke about for ages afterwards was the guy who faked his death in a canoeing accident. Oh, oh Panama, yes. Panama, yeah. Panama guy. Huge. Yeah. It was huge. But I think yeah. people are looking for us to make them feel better about what is is clearly awful things that are happening. And they think that they, you know, they go, oh, that's awful. But actually they do want to just go, yeah, can we just laugh about it for a minute and forget yeah. that it's shit? Well, I, there, I remember getting... Element. There's a massive element of, go on then. Make yeah. this funny. Yeah, and to yeah. be honest, most of us have been doing it long enough that we know there is a way we can. Yeah. Um, there are ones. I got, um, I got three weeks in a row the rapist taxi driver. John Warbox. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the only way I... I it, the first one I failed at because I couldn't find an angle on it. Yeah. And I tried, I tried cheesy jokes and stuff and it just didn't work. But then on the second week, um, I just, I realized I'd been writing uh, rape in my phone so much um, <laughs> that when I went to write rope, it came up rape. And so I just rape. created a routine that I sent my yeah. wife a text saying I'm feeling ropey tonight and my <laughs> predictive changed it. And that was the way I could, and then for two more weeks, I managed to do that yeah, yeah. joke. And it was just, for me, a way of finding Work, doing a workaround and yeah, and like, dealing so with that, that subject. Like a joke about you in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes and back predictive to you. text. <laughs> <laughs> Flame technology. That's always the way. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
What were the other ones? Michael Jackson went on. For, I, I never had a decent Michael Jackson joke. No? Michael Jackson would just come up. I've got a Michael Jackson joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he's always offensive. I thought you were going to dress up there for a minute, Rob. Jesus. <laughs> I've got. If you hold your guitar higher. Hold your guitar higher. You ready? Uh, we can't tell you've got a guitar. You can't see it, but can you see it? Is, can you hear it? There we go. It's, it's audio. It's audio. Keep going. It's <laughs> Isn't that the opposite of going around the subject? It was a long journey for you to pull out the final punchline, wasn't it, really? That was. It's unusual, actually, for me, because that is the nature of when I kind of go too far. But it's Michael Jackson. But it's always those people who people absolutely love. And with me, it's nearly always the royal family. Easily the most offensive joke I could do these days is my joke about the Queen or Prince Philip. Because people are so sensitive about it. And I'm like, well, I don't care. So you lean in and it's like... Was it yeah. not talk about the Queen that Frankie Boyle got? That was his last episode of Mock the Week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was because he said she had a haunted vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... It's just poetic. It's just <laughs> poetic. Yeah, um, the the Michael Jackson special. thing, I was doing uh, Big Brother's Big Mouth. Uh, Kids need new shoes, guys. Don't judge me. Wait, is this, is and, this getting kicked off something again, Jared? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, but I don't think... They had a, they really had a small think... fridge in the studio, and I said... <laughs> <laughs> I, even worse than that, mate. Even worse than that. Um, I don't think I'm controversial. But anyway, uh, I was on that show. Michael Jackson had just died. Uh, the Big Brother contestant had been voted out. And, you know, this is live TV. This guy's going, oh, it was such a shock that I got voted out. I wasn't expecting it. it was such a shock. And uh, I said, oh, you want to be shocked? Michael Jackson's dead, right? And the studio audience booed me. And uh, then the next day, I was walking to the comedy store through Leicester Square, and there was a, a vigil for Michael Jackson. You know, loads of people dressed up as Michael Jackson, playing his music and all that. And this kid comes up to me dressed as Michael Jackson, and says, hey, I saw you on Big Brother's Big Mouth last night, didn't I? I went, yeah. And he said, yeah, you said the, you said the thing about Michael Jackson, didn't you? I went, yeah. And then he said, you're a cunt. And then moonwalked away. <laughs> <laughs> that is a win. And at your expense. Yeah. That's quality, that is. But it genuinely happened, mate. And I couldn't understand it. I was Did like, you I'm get just in trouble with in the, the news. No, well, the producers, a little bit, because they said, you know, big stories like that, we need to do a proper decompression sort of thing for them, debrief, a yeah. proper debrief. Um, and by <laughs> me doing rather that... you didn't just blurt out the biggest story of the year <laughs> yeah. live on air to a studio yeah. audience who weren't expecting it. But that's yeah, exactly. like, like that, debrief. though, isn't it? That yeah. debrief thing now in terms of don't say this, don't say that, don't mention this, just in case somebody might get upset. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, I, I mean, to be honest, I did say it f because I, I thought it would be 
pretty funny just from the shock value. And also he was just being so um, pointless. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it turns out that's what uh, the studio audience absolutely love. They don't, they don't want the big brother people taking the piss out of because they've queued up for eight hours to see that show. They love Oh God, yeah. I was on, uh, I was on Celebrity Juice once. Don't judge me, the kids need shoes, etc. And I did a joke at Jordan's expense, and it wasn't anything shocking, nothing Frankie Boyle, just like I just kind of joked that she was a bit of an idiot, and just nothing. It was like it was like I said, "Shall we kill the Queen?" You know, it was really, Ooh. you know. So I don't agree with that statement. I don't agree with the Queen statement. <laughs> no, in context, I'm just, I'm in just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, but you get, but Jordan actually, Jordan was another one. Like when I joined the the Edge. She was a regular, like every week you go, not even subjects, people go, Jordan. And you go, it's not a subject, is it? She, yeah. she, it's quite difficult to remember now what a m massive celebrity she Tit. was. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 she's now, no one would know who she is now, really, would they? I mean, I don't know. But the well, thing is, if you're on something like Celebrity Juice, then it is still based around celebrities. And all she was the absolute apotheosis of being famous for being famous. And as Jared so beautifully points out, <laughs> tits. What about, I mean, get, that reminds me, Jade Goody. Jesus. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. Ran and ran. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she it's was so almost, like, she was almost like a weird cultural phenomenon from Big Brother of being kind of like, this is benefit Britain gone wrong. It was kind of... Well, it was celebrating benefit Britain gone wrong. And then it was, you know, the nation's sweetheart. And then she was the biggest racist. And, and then, you know, she redeemed she got cancer. cancer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was, it was so problem, complicated. It? She had everything. She, she, she was on Big Brother, so you're supposed to hate her. Then yeah. she was racist, so you're supposed to really hate her. She yeah. did the marathon for charity, so you're supposed to like her. Then she said, oh, wait a minute, it's more than like 400 yards long. And everyone said, what an idiot. Then she had cervical cancer, like, oh, poor Jane. But she got it checked earlier. Everyone's talking about what a great businesswoman she was. It was just really complicated. She was basically yeah. just shamed Britain for what we will and won't mock. That's very true. Mm. They have the sort of, um, the celebrity cam. And they, you know, they're following people who are like 13 miles feeling it or whatever. And she was at about two miles going, I, I didn't do any training. And you're just like, well, what, did you, what did you think it was going to be? Yeah. So, yeah. I'll tell you who, I'll tell you what news story could have run and run if uh, old coronavirus didn't get involved. It was the Prince Andrew one. That well, was it. There's a conspiracy legs. theory for you then, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Those the coronavirus start anything to protect themselves. I think coronavirus there is a big thing about that. When we, Pizza Express. <laughs> when we go, when we go back on stage, because none of us have any idea when we're going to get back on stage and start telling jokes again. And I mean, I've got a big Prince Andrew bit that was has been working beautifully, and you know, in six months. I mean, I think that's going to be one of those stories that people are going to remember. But that whole idea of kind of all of us as working comics for the last 20 years have all kept gig fit. Yeah. Mm. Is it, I mean, it, it going to be when we all start again, some really fucking ropey gigs? <laughs> really ropey. <laughs> and, and also uh, doing, some of us will be doing topics that after coronavirus, people don't care about. I'm sure <laughs> years... I'm sure years ago there was a comedian after World War II still trying to do World War I stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when that guy faked his death 
in the canoe accident and went to live in the Have you did you notice? Have you ever noticed how how your husband breathes? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's actually there's a really good story about Lenny Bruce doing um it was in six, November 63 when Kennedy died. And obviously the next day, you know. Kennedy's I, dead? <laughs> hey, that is my new Edinburgh show. Don't even start. <laughs> um, the day after, so obviously no one knew how to address this. And he was, and Lenny Bruce was playing comedy club. And it was like, you know, this was like Diana times a million. This was the original huge news story. And um, Lenny Bruce just walked on and went, well, I guess that's Jim Sheridan fucked. And Jim Sheridan, I don't think he's now, I can't remember the name of the guy, was a guy whose entire act was doing a JFK impersonation. Amazing. And that was, that was Lenny Bruce's first line. And the room just went, just well, that's <laughs> brilliant. I mean, so to be good. Fair, there's a lot of winners out of coronavirus, like you say, Prince Andrew, Alex Salmon's another one. My oh God. my gosh! Right. Has he been acquitted? He's been acquitted, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yesterday was that was the yeah. that was the big headline. It wasn't. It really wasn't. But it was a headline on yeah. the news yesterday. It's like what were, other news? They were yeah, they were really trying to shoehorn it in, going, look, we've got other things to tell you. Um, and the only thing that I did notice about the whole Alex Salmon thing, apart from obviously him being found guilty, is that his wife was with him every day of the trial, who is 17 years older. And all I kept thinking is, you should be inside, love. Yeah. <laughs> you <should> be. <laughs> You're talking about Prince Andrew. The thing I, I absolutely love the Prince, about Prince Andrew, and it's really going to play out in light of what we're saying, is the fact, and it's such a tiny thing, which just stays with me, is that at the end of that Newsnight interview, he was so, he thought it had gone great. He came, he came <laughs> out Well thanks everyone. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, he's like an open spot comic, isn't he? When open spots think they've had a really good... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. R. Kelly walked out of his interview thinking he'd nailed it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have five yeah. minutes and 22 yeah. seconds. Come on, use Facebook it well. Facebook memories can get in the sea. Every time I look on Facebook, it reminds me of gigs I was doing this time last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Two years ago, you're like, fuck up. Yeah. Uh, mm. I got you, one from... Do you keep a paper diary or do you keep an electronic paper, diary or both? Paper diary. I have been... Wow. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, in my paper diary tearing the pages out that I have gigs and using it to wipe my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. What excellent boredom therapy that turned out to be. So for the live section, I went looking through the archives for a Burning Issues part of the show that had a similar cast to our virtual meeting. Now, I did struggle, but way back in October last year, I found Jared Christmas and Alistair Barry joined on stage by Leo Curse and Rich Hall having a lovely time. Even Rob Deering was on that show, so we'll cut to a little song from him towards the end. Burning issues, and to host it is uh, Alistair Barry, everyone. So please give him a warm Thank round of applause. Thank you very much, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. This uh, section of the show is called Burning Issues. Burning Issues uh, involving our fantastic panel, which is based very loosely on the BBC show Question Time. 
Uh, what happens is I have the panel. We have obviously everyone represented. We have the uh, the older generation, the Scottish generation, and the Kiwi homosexual generation. Thank you. As evidenced by camouflage. Um, Surprised uh, you could see me. Uh, <laughs> mate, we can always see you. Now, uh, what are we going to do? I'm going to throw in a quick question to start, but literally any questions that you have from the floor, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, guys over here, very welcome from the States. If you've got some questions you'd like to ask about, you know, shit leaders with crap haircuts, maybe you could throw something in. I don't know where you get that idea from. Cool. Rich Hall, as an American, how are you feeling about your president's chances of impeachment? Well, impeachment is a long process, Alistair. Uh, and right now, it's just a um, just a, an inquiry into an impeachment. Then there has to be the impeachment. Then they have to decide if they're going to uh, convict. Then they have to uh, convict. Then they have to vote to kick them out. So he should be out of office around October 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, any idea that uh, you fancy him being impeached? Uh, as a Scotsman, I've got no idea what a peach is. Um, I just think Trump supporters are going to think it's the new kind of chewing gum. They're going to be like, hmm, peach mint. It's been spearmint, there's polo mint, and now there's peach mint. It's a strange flavour of mint, but we're experimenting. It's like tab cola, you know? Juicy fruit is going to blow your mind. <laughs> okay, uh, any, any, well, we, we, I think we've covered the Trump impeachment. Have we got any, uh, any questions from the floor for our panel? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Oh, there we, we are. Look, oh, fuck. <laughs> that, no, not, He's a pointing threat. at someone. That looks a bit more like him. There we are. What's the question, sir? I'd like to ask Rich whether you think Willie Nelson would make a great po- uh, president. <laughs> oh. Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah, Willie Nelson, no. He, no, he fucking wouldn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. Willie Nelson is good at what he does which is playing country music and being an, of indeterminate age. Uh, I'm getting stoned. Might be 73, might be 193, but he, what he does for, a, hey, this is a guy, if a town in Texas blows up in a fertilizer explosion, Willie Nelson shows up, does a concert, rebuilds the town. <laughs> Farming. Trevor, you, you farmers from San Diego, huge agricultural society, you'll know about farm aid. Every year, Willie Nelson gets together, raises money, puts on a concert, and gives the money to farmers. And somewhere, uh, Bono uh, shifts a bit uncomfortably on the self-righteous cross he's fucking nailed himself to. So the answer to that question is, yes, no, Willie Nelson would be a better... No, I think the answer to that question is, uh, Willie... Or won't he? Namaste, everybody. Namaste, fucking stay. If I ran... (laughs) I don't know when you became pun-based as a comedian, Jared, but it's a great... Any... uh, Sorry. Any any questions from over here, from world events? There's a hell of a lot going on. Anyone got a question? Yeah, over here, what have we got here, sir? The backlash oh. against Greta Thunberg. Oh, oh, we got Swedes in the house. Be careful. She's Norwegian, isn't I she? I know, but they get they're very similar people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. They when when the same. ice caps melt, mate, they're just going to be one big country. So. <laughs> I think as a Scotsman, uh, Greta Thunberg is working to stop the only thing that's going to make Scotland a nice place to live. It's 
Scotland is built for global warming. It's all made out of mountains. It's all made out of the sea levels rise. We don't give a fuck. We're not like, you know, the Netherlands or some shit-ass country like that. Man, we're all mountains. We saw this coming. We just, if the sea levels rise, we just walk a bit further up the mountain. I mean, you shift the sheep up a bit, you know? It's gonna be absolutely fine. It'll make it a habitable temperature. Apparently it's gonna, the temperature's gonna rise by like 1.2 degrees over the next 100 years or something. Dev it's gonna be devastating for people in Glasgow. We might have to undo the top button on our duffel coats. <laughs> I fully agree. And the great thing about it is all the, it's all the low-lying places like East Anglia, they're like built below sea level, which is a stupid place to build a place. They're all built below sea level. That's all the Brexit voters. So like when sea levels rise, they're going to get flooded. They, they voted Brexit because they, part of the reason is because they hate refugees. Like they're going to have to like become refugees and like swim to Scotland, <laughs> paddle to Scotland. And then when, when we get there, we can just like chuck bricks at them and like stand there on the beach in our speedos because it's 1.2 degrees warmer. <laughs> Doesn't that mean as well that if the water level goes down correctly, there'll be places like Norwich will be slightly higher, so they'll actually hate people from Norwich because they're now overseas, which could be... Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting when you uh, look into the, high, the places that are high and places that are low in the United Kingdom. Uh, one of the places that would survive that sort of thing is fucking Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Fucking drown us all! Peterborough? Yeah. Fuck. They do have a passport office, which is uh, quicker to get a passport from than the London office. That's and only because people want to get the fuck out of Peterborough, ticket. isn't it? Mate. What was that? That's only because people want to get the fuck out of Peterborough. It's absolutely true. It's a dreadful place. Okay, what? Oh, oh really? Have someone we got... in from Peterborough? Hey, yeah, well, we... you're not there now for a fucking reason. Because <laughs> we've all played the Peterborough comedy store and it's fucking shite. <laughs> okay, anyone? Last question for the panel. Anyone from the... Anyone apart from Peter? Where do we have it? Yeah. A, man, a man in beanie hat on, se <laughs> on secondment from a festival. Now it's got cold, has lost his tent, and wants to know what you think about cannabis legalisation. Unsurprisingly, he's in favour. Uh, Are you in favour of it, mate? Of course. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Look at him for fuck's sake. You're not. Me? Am I not? Fucking, yeah, of course I'm. A, yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> But the thing is, trying to get stoners motivated is one of the hardest things in the fucking world. In New Zealand, I went on a legalised cannabis march and fuck all people showed up, mate. It was disappointing. And I was, you know, I was like, I'm gonna, I'll smoke at the end. And everyone else was like, we've already started. <laughs> well, you're not going to finish the walk, are you? And they're like, no. No, we've just passed McDonald's. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, man, I think legalisation of cannabis is a good thing so you'll get decent cannabis. Like, the cannabis we got in Scotland growing up was so bad, because I don't know if you know this, but the drugs come into the UK through the bottom of the country, so by the time they get up to Scotland, all the nice drugs have been taken by you cunts, and we're just left with, like, absolute shite, like, soap bar. Have you seen this stuff? Soap bar hash. It's like, it's hash, but it's like the compressed sweepings of the hash factory floor. It's all head, held together with bits of plastic and stuff. We burn it into a joint, a bit of plastic will just string out, like, whoop. And be like, well, that's been in hash, that's getting smoked as well. Like, basically, it's a miracle I can still breathe, but... It sounds like the fish fingers of hash. Yep, fish fingers covered in orange breadcrumbs. I don't know where they're getting this orange bread from, by the way. Have you ever seen an orange loaf of bread? Man, where are they the sweepings of the fucking tanning salon floor? Like, somebody's printing out their EasyJet boarding passes on these things. So what's, 
And on that food colouring bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the panel of Burning Issues. We have got the musical section. Are you ready for a bit of music? Well, you've loved them already. Please welcome to the stage the one and only Mr. Rob Deering. Okay. that was episode eight please remember to like rate and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts you've been listening to rob deering alistair barry jojo sutherland and jared christmas and in the live section you heard leo curse and rich hall and even a quick intro from abigail shimon this episode was recorded edited and produced by me simon mason once again special thanks to the self-isolated producer of the ed show itself mr john connor stay safe out there folks we'll see you next time thank you